0: Rachel, what are you doing?
1: I'm recording episode 18 of my Lessons from Lost podcast. Number 18 already? I know. Who are you talking to this week? Andrew Coveney. Oh I know Andrew, he's a
0: top runner. He
1: certainly is.
0: And what are you discussing?
1: Well he's talking about coming to terms with and accepting the estrangement within his family.
0: That sounds both sad and interesting. Does the porcupine feature this week?
1: no i think that porcupine's in hiding you know
0: maybe next
1: week let's go hello and welcome to the lessons from loss podcast a podcast in which we share experiences of loss and more importantly what we learn from them i'm your host rachel smith And each episode, I chat with a different guest about the loss that they've experienced and what they've learned. I'd like to acknowledge the courage and vulnerability of all my guests in sharing their stories and also the impact that hearing and maybe resonating with those experiences has on you, the listener. Please take care of yourself as you listen and reach out for support if you need to. Today I'm really happy to be chatting with Andrew Coveney, a father who lost contact with his 12 year old son when the marriage broke down and who has learned about grief and acceptance on his journey to find happiness again. Welcome, Andrew.
0: Thank you, Rachel, thank you for inviting me.
1: Oh, you're very welcome. So firstly, thank you so much for coming and chatting with me today. There's a distinct lack of male voices in my podcast. Um, That's not by my choice at all. Um, And Mm -hmm. so I'm really grateful for you sharing your experiences and learnings in the hope that it may resonate with and encourage other men to to find support during challenging times and perhaps feel like they have some learnings and some wisdom to share as well. So thank you for that. Mm -hmm. And. You know, I think estrangement within families is actually really quite commonplace. And I don't think there can be that many families who haven't been affected by estrangement on some level or another. And so often with that comes sort of feelings of anger, rejection, disappointment, sadness, confusion, you know, a whole myriad. So I wonder if perhaps we can start with how... The estrangement with your son impacted you
0: i think it was uh, I a mean, confusion really um i don't think i ever felt uh, angry about things um but i think it i felt sort of uh, sort of rudderless really uh, you know, things changed very quickly and um it was just a very confusing situation not just because my uh, son had suddenly you know, gone overseas, but also um, you know, day-to-day life in an instant was very, very different to as it was before. And I think I suppose also uh, at that particular moment, the uh, for a period of time it, it was uh, understood uh, prior to the breakup that we were we were all going together to the new location. So there was quite a lot on the table and it changed very, very quickly. I guess it changed a lot for me. It didn't change a lot ge- geographically for my son because he he went where he thought he was going, except it, it wasn't gonna be with me anymore. So I think really uh, I, 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 my recollection uh, was, was, it was very, very um, confusing situation. And I didn't really know where to start in relation to sort of in a, in a sort of male sort of way if you will solving the problem didn't really know where to start
1: mm. so did you deal with it or did you was it just just kind of rumbled on as it were
0: well i think it did rumble on i think that uh, with the benefit of hindsight um i think it probably took me about four years to get things in the proper order uh, tried to, and it it was a it was a slow process, and for a long time it you know didn't feel like you're making any progress whatsoever. So it wasn't a question of uh, sort of a, a, a straight line progression, if you will. It was, I suppose, looking back, it was almost like uh, trying lots and lots of different things, and I suppose over time that that sort of led through to having the confusion settling down and uh as you mentioned earlier on uh, you know that's sort of you've got to get to that point of acceptance which sounds straightforward but it's <laughs> it's not quite as straightforward as that uh I, I think um that's my, my recollection is is you know about a four-year period and, and actually you know I I I was I you know thought I could deal with, I thought I could deal with it much sooner than that or quicker than that but as it as it was no it took about 4 years yeah
1: mm. and what sorts of things did you try to help you get to that point
0: well uh i was uh so i mean you know the, the what was interesting really is uh you know certainly the the immediate uh, aftermath of i mean it was a, i found it an, an enormous shock uh, to find out what the situation was that was a just an overwhelming um i mean you know the day de- the day that i found out what's actually you know what the actual real situation was that was uh, an overwhelming um force i've you know i've never experienced anything like that before or since um it just it, it was just a i can remember it's a completely overwhelming situation and i was quite fortunate from a, a work point of view in the so far as you know the sort of work i do is is uh, investment related and one of the one of the key points is is you know preservation uh, of capital and i had certain things in my what was interesting is certainly for a, f- a few weeks as i recall it uh, i was definitely incapable of thinking correctly in relation to doing my job but I was quite fortunate in so far as the certain things I put in uh, to my day-to-day work were designed to uh, protect against falling markets they're meant to be sort of an all-weather position I was quite fortunate that it wasn't the markets that was falling it was me <laughs> yeah. so the, 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 the belt and braces were in place but it was never designed to, to, uh, to give me a bit of assistance, because the assumption is that I'd always be, have a, a clear head to make the decisions. But certainly for a period of time, I thought that uh, I was very fortunate that the the things I put in place to to, to protect in a, a calamitous market, actually they protected in, in, in a period when my, my brain was calamitous. So that was again, I mean, I I, I think it was uh, uh, from there, I mean, in answer to your question, um, I steadied the ship in that regard. Uh, probably within about a month or so, and then subsequent to that, um, I uh, was doing a lot of travelling. A lot of it was to it was going uh, every month to either try and see my son or or at least be be there uh, and and demonstrate that I wanted to. I was doing a, a, a I was doing a lot of travelling. I was I was going uh, socially, going out a lot. I mean, in a, in a way. I had sort of James Bond lifestyle without the shooting. That's the sort nice. of uh, lifestyle <laughs> I had. And uh, I remember clearly uh, that I, it was never a question of my my life is over, but I thought I, I was definitely of the view for a number of years that the, 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 the best of my, I wasn't uh, upset about it. I was just, I, I was of the view that the best of my life was over and that that wasn't such a bad thing really because at that stage I was uh almost about 50 and I thought well you know I've done I've done some really good things uh, in various different ways and I always thought to myself well you know going forward my view is that the best times were were over but uh, but going forward uh whatever was going to be the future or whatever life was going to be I, I, I would just accept that for what it was and I, I, I thought to myself, well, you know, everyone's got issues to deal with. And I thought, I'd, you know, I, I, it wasn't like I was 20 or something. I was, you know, I, I felt I'd had, I did some, done some good things anyway. And therefore I just, I just accepted my lot for what it was. My family were, were, were very, very supportive. Uh, uh, my sister and my, and my mother, my mum and dad were very supportive. I had very good friends and various other people who uh, were um, really tremendous uh, uh, during those times and um, in many different ways. So, and that, that was that was incredibly uh, helpful. It felt sort of uh, it's, but I think it's more like if you if you uh, see a magic trick, isn't it? when you when you see the trick, it's you think oh you know it's easy. but when you don't know how the magic trick works, you it, 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 it can feel sort of foolish that you can't seem to steady your ship no matter how you try. You, you know you, you, you have a lot of false starts where you know and you end up you know, going back to square one and, it, and I, I mean it, it surprised me that i couldn't sort of sort out into steady things for example after maybe one year or two or whatever but no i mean i i, I that wasn't the case and uh i think particularly at the beginning i was in, incapable and I, I think i was i was just uh, as is often the case, I think these things. I mean, I, I can't remember all the details, but I think in um, about six weeks after everything uh, sort of blew out, I think I lost about twelve kilos in in, uh, Gosh. in yeah. six weeks. And I remember uh, uh, that just you know hanging on was was the, was definitely the that was all you got to think about. Just you just hang on, you just hang on, and, and uh, hopefully things will get better sometime in the future. So it's just, you know, that's all you say to yourself, just hang on,
1: mm. just
0: hang on. So, yeah, it was it, 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 slow progress and acceptance of you, you, your, your best times. Uh, 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 you've had those and uh, just try as best you can to uh, to make the best of, of whatever the future might hold. So it was like a self-indulgent sort of period, I think, because... Okay. I think for quite, I think for quite a long time, I, I don't think I was capable of, you know, in a relationship sense. Thinking it's it was strange because, in a financial sense, I had a reasonable out to offer, but in an emotional sense, I don't think I had almost anything to offer. So mm-hmm. I think that's that sounds very indulgent to me. I, I think it was just a, it was a, a period of time where it was just, a, a, you know, I guess in, 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 in important ways, just loss. Yeah. Yeah. just You're, yeah. Just, you're and, just hanging on. Yeah.
1: And processing that loss as well in the best possible way that you can.
0: Yeah, it was difficult. Um, quite a few. Well, I remember one case in particular uh, was I was staying at the Novotel at Abu Dhabi Gate. And I remember I was there for 12 days. And I remember that uh, where Richard was living at the time, I could look across the water and actually see his apartment building. But I was there for 12 days. and I never saw him. And I never spoke to him. Yeah.
1: Gosh, that must have been yeah. really
0: hard. Um, it was um, a sort of surreal experience, really. And also you have to get used to a situation quickly come to terms with the scenario and I'll sort of carefully describe this because I don't want to be biased and let's just say that as time went by um, for whatever reason let's just put it like that it was obvious that relate my relationship with Richard was was breaking down fast mm. and uh, so I felt I got to the point where it, it, you know the you have to be quickly come to terms with the fact that you that you have to respect you know, a young person's wishes and that's not too difficult really because in this particular instance you know, prior to him going to Abu Dhabi the, the fact of the matter is that in those situations it was quite important that uh, UAE is not a signatory to the Hague Convention and therefore uh, any sort of court rulings etc uh, you know are, are, are just basically not valid there oh, so whatever okay. anything okay. I might, might might say um, that, that it, it's that you know what the, the point is that the If a child goes there, there's the idea of sort of a court order being referred to or um, whatever, that's not going to happen. So effectively, once a a child is there, the the chance chance of them coming back are pretty slim. But the thing is, of course, is that the reality of the situation was that I spoke to him and asked him if he still wanted to go. And he said he did. And I thought it was right for him to go because my most significant desire at that particular point was I knew that if I was to say no to that, uh, ultimately he'd end up in front of uh, a, a, a judge in, in in the courts in England. And I absolutely didn't want that at all costs. I did not want him in front of court. I thought to myself, whatever it takes, that's not happening. So on balance, to me, it was clear that... With all things I knew, it was the right answer to 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 let allow him to go. Uh, so so that's what I did, and and I don't regret that decision at all, um, because I think that if I if I ref- ref- reflect back on the situation as it was, and all the different bits and bobs going on, and you know, potentially you know court hearings and witness and goodness knows, I mean I, I, that would be absolute utter calamity for him. Mm. and so that part of it I feel like I made the right choice and I've I've never I've never never I've never remotely thought thought otherwise but the reality is as I was going there uh, it quickly started to be obvious that um, you know the relationship was was uh, was breaking down and it's certainly over a period of time you obviously have to distinguish daily between teenagers who can become uh, all teenagers can become a little bit lively shall we say yeah and it's sometimes yeah. difficult to distinguish between is that sort of normal liveliness or is it something else that's connected with you know what's actually happened and i think um you know it's very straightforward isn't it as a parent uh that and as an adult it's it one thing is clear to it at the time and is always clear if you're an adult, is you know you, you you never fight you never fight fire with fire in those circumstances so I, I mean, I, I got some pretty um, powerful uh, <laughs> emails from Richard along the way, and uh, but rather than rather than uh, um, letting those uh, affect me or responding in kind, I, I t- thought to myself, well, you know, if I was in his situation uh, at his age, you know, it's understandable to me that that you know he, he he's going to be you know churning inside. And therefore, you've got to give him a lot of wiggle room. And, and I also thought to myself, well, you know, if, if you if you're as an adult, if you can't, if you can't handle that sort of situation as a as a as an adult person, um, then that's probably quite a bad reflection on you. You should be able, you should be able to handle a teenager who's who's hurting, if that makes sense.
1: Mm. So I, often people don't necessarily or, or it's difficult to distinguish between the teenager or the child hurting and the, the parent hurting as well. I think sometimes it's, it all just gets completely, you know, chucked in well, a washing machine and tossed around. And
0: One thing I do regret, the, the, the immediate aftermath, certainly um, in London, and then also two or three occasions when I was in Abu Dhabi. It was in the immediate aftermath of uh, everything that was going on. And certainly there was one or two instances that took place, which, you know, with the benefit of hindsight, I would have taken steps to avoid those meetings, and I would have handled things in a different way. Mm. Uh, There was a couple of occasions in particular that... I think the it was a very, very difficult time uh, in relation to having to be a, um, a, part, a participant in a circumstance where you know, momentarily the, you know the three of us were together, but in entirely different circumstances to how we'd been for. The, the previous 12 years yes. and it yeah that was very very difficult yeah. indeed um one or two instances of things that were pretty shocking actually yeah pretty shocking uh and i hope that in time uh i will learn that um that richard was able to take those in his stride i i it concerns me that those things might leave a, a mark on him that might might never go away. Because um, the I, I didn't want him to be uh, at the coalface. Um, one or two occasions, both of them in, in uh, Abu Dhabi, uh, but uh, it was just high octane, and wow. uh, I didn't I didn't want that. So, yeah, it, it, it was again, it, once you've been through these situations, it's a bit like what's going on presently is a sort of tragedy in uh, Ukraine and, and Russia. And you know, my view on this is, you know, negotiate for peace or rest in peace. Make your choice. In these situations, uh, I'd recommend to anybody with I mean, there's children involved, don't get near the coal face, just make sure that you 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 do not want you do not want circumstances even if you inadvertently get involved with them there will be things going on and it's extremely important to and of course you you're going to be in a traumatic state yourself but you need to to grasp that you've got to keep those children away from any form of uh, situation where there's discussions and stuff going on that they shouldn't know about
1: yeah yeah
0: and uh, so yeah the, the two things that happen which uh and the reason i'm i'm being slightly coy is that i am aware that there's always two sides to a story and uh rather than me you know going down the rabbit hole and, and elaborating I know that. I mean, for example, if if uh, if Diana was in on this call, my ex-wife, then maybe that would be a discussion to have. But sh- what I'm saying is, she would have a, another view on things. So as long as I'm sort of uh, able to to give my own views, uh, in this instance, she's not able to give her view. So I think it's um, it connects in fairly well with the fact that, notwithstanding the fact, I definitely have. Uh, regret i just mentioned and also would advise anyone in a similar situation to there will be difficult things to deal with but whatever you do just remember keep those children out of the situation and you know have that as as your top priority and if there's any chance of of anything bubbling over uh and those children could be around you just make sure that 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 opportunity for things to bubble over is avoided and that's a very important thing in my opinion Um, but so uh, the the thing I just want to say is that uh, you know I I don't have any um, uh, uh, bad feeling or um, anger or bitterness or anything of that nature I don't think any feel any of those things uh, about uh, my ex-wife not at all I haven't spoken to her for many years we have no contact whatsoever but I, for, for, I have no feeling of anger or bitterness whatsoever, and I and I certainly um, don't don't wish her or her family uh, any harm. And you know, looking back, uh, the the reality, the 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 the, the fact uh, is simply that we, you know we were a, a small family for almost fourteen years altogether. And that's quite a big part of your life, isn't it? So, yes, yeah. you know, the the it uh, is a situation where that is a that's a, a part of your life, and and the other thing I would just say is, which I think has always been on my mind, which has been on my mind over certain, even even when things were really bad. I, I was always aware of. A, I know it's a little bit of a cliche, but it's still true, and that is that you know if you're an adult person. Uh, it might not be the same context, but most people, once they get to a certain age, have, have either directly been involved in something massively traumatic for them that they really didn't want to happen, or uh, a family or friend would have been as well. So I guess I'm saying that part of the solution is to come to terms with the reality of the human experience. Yeah. In other words, yeah. it's not, you, you've got to. To, to grasp that it's 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 just not all about you and the fact is that that you know if you just get out of that mindset you'll see many many in fact pretty much everyone around you has got things they may not you might not know about them uh but they're there and you know that that that, that may uh, get things in a slightly better perspective for you because these things as you may well know if you're not careful it, it you don't mean it to be, but it can become. You can become very, very um, uh, almost reclusive and, and self-centered about these things because yeah. sometimes I suppose you get into a slot, don't you? It's almost like you, you're almost like suffering in silence, aren't you? Really?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's that. It then, when you have these traumatic things happen, and as you, as you quite rightly say, it is more of a case of when rather than if, because that is the nature mm. of of being human and having relationships with other beings or, or things or, you know, status or identity, whatever, whatever it is that you've got a relationship with that, you know, at at some point you're going to experience some sort of loss or trauma related to those Mm. versus whether you then grow and learn from that experience So that ultimately you could look back and say, well, you know, it wasn't great, but actually I learned a lot from it. And perhaps I'm grateful for having been through that experience.
0: I I, I do feel that way because I do feel that way because I think. um, Like I mentioned to you, not all, but the vast majority of um, relationship breakups, not all, but I think probably the vast majority of them. It doesn't really matter. In There's only three or four types of breakup, aren't there? Relationship breakup. Sometimes both people agree to mutually break up. Sometimes it's one person that wants to break up, but the other one doesn't. But there's no one else involved. And then there's one that, you know, someone wants to break up and there is someone else involved. And then I suppose there's another one where there's a breakup of one of those, but there's also kids involved. So yeah. this it can get quite complicated. It's like a Rubik's cube, isn't it? It's quite difficult. All these different combinations. But the reason I, I sort of mention it in that way is, you know, I I, I don't I don't think that uh, back in those days, like I said earlier on, I, I you know, wasn't wasn't at that moment I just you know, wasn't capable emotionally of, of, of being a, a fair a, if you like a fair a fair partner. Mm-hmm. to to another person but I think also as time went by there's a couple of things there it's, it's never a hundred percent it doesn't matter what side of the game you're on it's, it's very very rarely a hundred percent someone else's if you will I don't really, I even like the word but let's let's just use the word fault it's almost never a hundred percent someone else's fault and naught percent the other one else's fault yeah. I, it's very rare and I, and I do certainly from my own point of view that I advanced a lot when all of a sudden, out of the blue, I a key to, to really getting this sorted is two related things. First, um, you must be responsible for your own actions, mm-hmm. so you, you've got to buy in, you must be responsible for your own actions. You, there's no you can never fail, never ever get any form of distraction. For that you must be responsible. And and connected to that is, you know, in your own time, go back and reflect over that period of time. You know, where were those things that you that you did that maybe you could have done better than you did? You can't change what's happened. But are there things that you think, you know what, I really could have done that better. I could have done this better. I could have done that better. And if you if you if you take responsibility for that, there's some. that can really it's that old phrase isn't it? the truth will set you free yeah and you must you must be honest with the situation because the thing is that there will be stuff in there and you can't be saying things like and again it doesn't really matter which party you are in these situations but you can't be going on and on saying oh you know i'm i'm the innocent one and the other person did that and that No, no 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 that none of that is going to help you You've got to look back and say, look, everyone's responsible for their own actions. Now, what? You know, let's have a list of things where you think I should have done this, I could have done that and whatever it may be. Because, of course, um, first of all, that, that more uh, equates to the reality of the situation rather than any other thing you're thinking. But critically, that will uh, give you the opportunity uh, of improving in the future. And that's a, that will be a positive experience for you. But until you actually get to the first base, you can easily get stuck. You go over and over and over again and you you can't break away uh, and actually uh, really come to terms with with the situation that you can't change. But as time goes by, the thing I just described to you, Rachel, I found that uh, absolutely massive. As soon as I worked that out, with the benefit of other people' input in various ways over time, but as soon as the penny dropped, uh, things got massively better for me in all sorts of ways. The, really, the, 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 the huge key was, you must be responsible for your own actions. You must buy into that. And then you can you can look back and say, actually, I mean, to give you an example, corporate people, as I was at the time, I suppose a lot of people do, I suppose they do, it doesn't really matter if it's men or women or whatever, uh, you get, I think people get uh, stuck in the same little sort of hamster wheel, really. Uh, I.e., um, I was leaving home at mm, give or take five thirty, uh, and I've almost never got back before seven thirty. And certainly during the winter, oftentimes I never saw Richie awake.
1: Yeah. And
0: so, and, and obviously after a day like that oftentimes you you get back these corporate roles as you, I'm sure you know can be uh, full of negative stress and there's a big difference I'm sure you know between positive stress and negative stress yeah. and negative stress can can really bust you um, and really and, and can get you in the wrong uh, frame of mind because some people um, you know when their backs against the wall they fight harder and and just won't give up. That can be a virtue in circumstance, certain circumstances, but in other, virtue, in other circumstances, it's not It's not a good virtue at all. And what you can do, of course, with the benefit of hindsight, is, is to not get yourself, uh, uh certainly from my point of view, I would never dream of putting any work ahead of my, now my marriage to Makoto. It's never going to happen. And one of the reasons for that is so I look back and think, I wish I hadn't done that.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I was I was going to ask you actually
1: what what had you learned from this having you know obviously you got married again last last year was it now yeah yeah it was last yeah, year because it got delayed didn't it because of COVID
0: mm. uh, then, I think it's and also uh, uh, I, this sounds I'm also, I'm ashamed of myself to say this but it's still true and that is that during that period of time back then. I don't know how I managed to do it. I didn't mean to do it. And, that, and that's the absolute truth. I didn't mean to do it. No, I didn't. But you, it's important never to overlook apparently insignificant but and maybe even small acts of kindness. And you can, I think, looking back, I didn't mean not to do that. But I think that that you should never take what you've got for granted. Mm. And again, that's a lesson learned. It's all connected, isn't it? It's, it's, you've got to take responsibility for your own actions. You've got to be honest with where you think you are in all this. Um, and you've got to say, actually, you, sh- you, you you need to improve in those areas and the very least you you've got to work out a way of learning something positive from a, from from a if you will a, a calamity that you can never change so i guess over time uh, it was pretty startling to me how much that you can learn out of something which when it first happens is just like your your world has effectively finished as you know i used to live in Dulwich for a number of years i can't quite, i can't remember I, I was see i was never going to give up i, I was i mean i would be sure i was hurting for sure but there was never i can promise you there was never ever a time ever there was never ever a time that i thought i i never would never dream and i never did have any sort of suicidal feelings or no, 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 none of those things. Never hit the bottle, never do any drugs, none of those things. It was hurting massively, but I wasn't gonna, I was never gonna give up. But I think that my my lowest point, I can't exactly the context of it, but I remember I was upstairs in Dulwich and I remember maybe towards the end of 2013 or something. But I, I remember I was upstairs and it's never happened to me before or since. The lowest possible time, I, I just sank to my knees and I just said, God help me. And that's it. And then I and, but I, 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 was always of the view. Uh, there was never a doubt I was, I was, I was going to keep going. But I also was a, a, a believer for many years that my new life was just going to be a version of like a guilt edged sort of existence. And that real life you, that you you know you've had your lot, um, and that's you just have to accept that that um, you know things are going to be very different going forward. So you almost had two lives really. One of them was like a, a good life, and the other one sort of just going through the motions. Yeah. So it was there was, a, it, was it, it was it was so much going on. Uh, and uh, but I do think that the, the the massive steps forward they only started happening like I said, that, that combination of, of being responsibility, you have to be responsible for your own action. And and also don't worry yourself about the actions of other people because they have to be responsible for their actions. That's nothing to do with you. You have to buy into what you did. And if you didn't do that, if you buy into that, you can come up with a list of things, which you say to yourself, right, these are the things that I'm going to make sure um, I watch these and and, and be a bit more careful, and don't, yeah. don't you know? Don't yes. don't don't cut corners. Don't ever cut corners. Go do the full distance, and that that's the right answer in in both are both are <laughs> are uh, you know. Do the full distance. Don't cut corners. Don't ever cut corners. You cheat as we know. You're cheating yourself.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That tides in really nicely just to sort of ask you about your running but before we do that so if somebody's listening to this how would they they might think well okay I I understand the the principle behind taking responsibility but on an actual practical level how did you come to those realizations I mean did were you journaling were you writing were you talking to people were you were you taking just time out with your own thoughts was there any sort of particular process that you that you went through or, or anything that actually helped you come to this realization about it's all to do with taking responsibility for your own actions?
0: I think it was the input of many people during that uh, four-year period. I had uh, a number of relationships and one relationship in particular and for me it, I was incapable of being a a proper partner for whatever reason uh, it, it was not the right time for me so in other words it that's completely not to do with the lady concerned it was my responsibility that mm. it just is incapable of being the person that you should be in a relationship and we had many many conversations uh, which in many ways, she was—you know she, it was she was uh, extremely kind and, and in fact, always very kind and supportive in all sorts of ways. And similarly, I mean, many of my friends were also insightful, and they had many different ideas, broad ideas, no quick fix or anything. It was—it was a broad approach to a variety of, coming of, coming at the issue from a variety of different angles and actually um, at the time um, my um, secretary for many years and she was uh, a no-nonsense individual but she's also uh, her hobbies were uh, genuine hobbies for many years were uh, were philosophy meditation various other things and uh, she you know we we had many interesting discussions over a long period of time about various things and I think Maybe some of your other guests have, uh, have said the same thing. But one thing I would also strongly encourage other people and listeners to do in these situations is, you know, for goodness sake, talk to people. Mm-hmm. Talk, talk to people, just ask them, you know, have you've been through anything, in this situation, have you got any particular ideas that you think are interesting things to think about? Not only have many people got some very interesting different angles that, that you might something might just. I don't think there's a uh, like a silver bullet to get through these situations, and I think what you got to do is just to, to keep trying different, keep going down different angles and different and different possibilities with regard to the main goal is is to not just fully come come to terms with whatever's happened to you, but clearly your main your main objective, if you possibly can, is to to get to an acceptance. And even if you can't get to an acceptance, at least make the commitment that you're committed to accepting in due course. That's a a little mini goal to start the game. So so I I can't possibly accept that. I said, OK, I can understand that. My analogy that always worked for me, I thought, well, if you're just walking along the street and you see some people coming towards you and all of a sudden, you know, the guy just punches you in the face. It's perfectly OK that you're on the ground and you're going to fall over. And that's okay. And I would say to myself, look, it's okay for you to stay. You know, you can stay down as long as you like. That's okay. But sooner or later, you just say to yourself, when I'm ready, I'm getting up. And so it's okay if you're if you're on the floor for a while, because something will happen to you. And the analogy is pretty accurate. One, all of a sudden, you get punched in the face, and it's like I wasn't expecting that. Uh, And that's okay. You know, no one's expecting you to get up immediately. But you just say to yourself. when I'm ready, I'm getting up.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and, and that might be all you can do just for a little while. It's much, I just don't really want to get up right now. It's like my my face hurts quite a lot. So yeah. I just want to stay here for a bit. That's okay. But just say to yourself, um, you, you know you you want to get up. But as yeah. I say, if you talk to people, people about what their views are, um, it's and it's quite amazing. First of all, people sometimes, for whatever reason, don't think about talking to other people and there could be lots of different reasons for that. But what's very interesting is once you do start talking to people, it's absolutely amazing, you know, their experiences. And they can certainly do something to to fast track your recovery. But you've, you've got to open that door first, and be willing to ask the person. Some very good friends of mine for a couple of years. Uh, the chap was uh, used to be in the Metropolitan Police and Thames Valley Police, anyway he got a job in Abu Dhabi for the police uh, force there for a couple of years and uh, I uh, stayed with them and I went over there uh, which was great. Both had one child each and both of them have been in a, a similar circumstance to me um, and therefore it was invaluable that they, I mean no doubt I was waffling, particularly at the beginning of this thing, you're just talking gobbledygook and just talking absolute nonsense uh, but because they've been in that situation themselves, each of them had, they understood that, that immediate aftermath of whatever's happened to you. If you t- talk to people that have been through similar circumstances to you, they've got, they've got an instinct how to handle things. And when the time is right, they can also give you some input that might well help you a lot. And people re- react to things in different ways, but not not talking about stuff, most people don't benefit from that i do not believe i suppose you could recover all on your own given time i suppose you could i'm not sure i'd want to try that because i think i'm not convinced you you would find a way out but if you did it's probably going to take you a lot more time and and your and your road's going to be a lot more rocky than it otherwise should be and why people don't uh, talk about these things I, I strongly recommend that they should doesn't mean to say you're weak just because you want to talk
1: no and as you say the insight that doesn't you mean. get from from other people and you you know they can give you their advice or their opinions you don't have to take it but it might just sow a seed of some possible way forward or even just to give you hope that actually, at some point, a bit like your analogy of being sort of smacked in the face and on the ground, of just being able to say, "Okay, actually, do you know what? I'm I'm at rock bottom now, but I know that when I'm when I'm ready, hmm. and I've got my energy back again and my resources back again, then I'll start getting back up, setting an intention. I guess
0: isn't it? I think any person who's who's um, been involved something of huge magnitude has affected their life i think once you've managed to uh go through that process and managed to recover it'll definitely in my opinion be if it ever happens to you again it'll be easier one of the things that's quite intimidating i think is is that it it can be very difficult to navigate through all that that journey from whatever has happened all the way through to actually recovering that can be quite a long journey but i'd emphasize that reverts back to what i said before and that is that it's, it's a human experience and it's unavoidable that if you're alive and you're breathing these things can happen to anybody in different contexts and people might say oh let me try and let or let's you know i need to make sure i, I avoid the situation like that that's Almost like an oxymoron. That's it's, it's impossible to avoid things of that nature by their de- by by their very definition. You never expect these sort of things to happen. Just like with you, Rachel. I mean, you didn't expect what's to happened to, happen to you, did you? No, no, not at all. So, 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 we're we're talking about you know handling calamities. Interesting. The um, all of a sudden, um, Diana and Richard were were gone. So I was living on my own. Uh, I was also at that time working on my own. So I was living on my own, working on my own and dealing with all sorts of stuff uh, related to what we've been discussing. So the running scene, it it did many things. It it, it allowed you to to, get out of the the office and uh, go to new places, meet new people and from a psychological point of view, all of a sudden it was a a positive stress situation rather than a negative stress situation. Mm -hmm. So I think that, I didn't really think about it, I don't really know know, what the extent of advantage was, but I do think there is a connection uh, and how all this sort of connects together. Uh, And and I I, I do think that the running was a, was a, a very, at the time it was a very positive element. And all that's really happened is that I suppose I enjoyed it so much that I just kept going. Yeah, I guess that's what happened. Uh, but I, you know, I'm thinking back, and and certainly back in those days, it was definitely good news to get out there in the fresh air, meet new people, and so on and so forth. And I, I definitely saw that as a. It was much better fun than just you know going around running running around Dulwich Park on my own because I knew I could do yeah. that anytime I wanted, and never really thought about it at the time. But looking back, would things have been as good without it i doubt it mm-hmm. so yeah i'm much much better at golf than i am at uh, at uh, running but i'm i much prefer going running than i do playing golf nowadays i'm just a you know a cad is, is,
1: is there more opportunities to chat while you're running
0: the great thing about running as you know rachel is there's, there's nowhere to hide out there you know, it's not. Uh, you know, it's not all the gear and no idea. That doesn't. That doesn't work at uh, running. It's. It. You know, the. the that's the beauty of this. It, it? It's, it's. It's a very very pure yes. sport. Um, you. You. You know, whatever your potential is, you'll get out what you put in. It connects in very nicely because if you don't put any effort in, then obviously you're not going to reach your potential. As long as you're honest about that and take responsibility for that, that's okay, isn't it? Because you get you get out what you put in, which is that's that's great. And I think also the other beauty of it, of course, is you meet all different types of people. And, mm. you know, the, 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 it's a very eclectic group of people. You're all out there for the same reason and extremely pure sport, much, in my opinion, much, much more so than uh, than amateur golf, uh, which, you know, I, I mean, I, yeah, so I'm miles better at golf than I'm at, at uh, running, but. I, I, you know, I wouldn't dream of um, substituting um, running for for, uh, for for golf. No way, yeah. uh, because it, yeah, the, the running is fun.
1: Yeah, and there's something about running, isn't there, that you just sort of fall into step with somebody.
0: That's right. And
1: both on this sort of same challenge, and your but your own challenges as well of things going on. And and I always marvel at how quickly you just find yourself exchanging almost life stories and I've not come across another hobby or sport that's quite like it for actually you know when when you're out on the trails with someone you the sharing of life experiences and lessons and and everything else just seems to sort of flow over really which maybe maybe that also helped give you some alternative insights or
0: yeah perspectives on things particularly I don't think running so much I think it's in particular it's it's um it's that combination of running uh with other people and also a a running community so I don't don't, so you know if you I'm not convinced that just you know mashing the miles on your own listening to your ipod is is uh is it got this uh, the same impact of
1: oh either, no it's about you know, running it's, with people yeah i think it's i think it's, running running i think the
0: sort of the, the social element is uh, very very significant and also uh, what's quite fascinating is that as we all know you you it's amazing how many, uh, quite remarkable how many new friendships you you uh, enjoy over a period of time. It's quite unbelievable, and you know it, it's not just in in the UK. It's I mean, I, as I'm sure you have as well. I mean, I've got I've got friends all over the place now due to to uh, to running. I'm sure most people are in the same boat. Incredible. Again, I suppose you all of a sudden you didn't realise it, but you've ended up with all these new positives that sort of complement the other improvements you've made and then all of a sudden if you think about it you've got a you've got the makings of a virtuous circle rather than a vicious circle which Mm. is where you were before you see
1: yeah I like that
0: so in in a funny sort of way it's all connected but it it takes a while to unscramble everything you've got to have a few principles that work for you and I think also don't be unreasonable on yourself with regard to um, if it's if it takes you some some time to sort things out don't be thinking that you're the odd person out because in my in my experience you know it does take a long time and other people I've spoken to they say the same thing Mm -hmm. and people but people sometimes feel foolish don't they particularly men maybe they things say things like oh you know why can't I get over it and you hear all these sort of almost like cliches don't you about and and then before you know what you know they're down the pub out having 15 pints of lager and do you see what i mean men are a bit sort of funny like that in a way
1: it's being open isn't it to exploring exploring and finding out the way that works for you because that may be very different to the person that you're standing next to that's right as well so it's being yeah is being open to well I've you know I'll I'll take on board everyone else's experiences but actually I'll I'll go with the one that that resonates with me
0: yeah and you, you see it a lot in sports you know you see it a lot in rugby I mean I, I used to play a lot of rugby as well and you you get certain sorts of rugby coach you know that's is sort of a macho approach but a sophisticated coach doesn't work that way because they understand that you know, people, uh, people people don't tick in the same way, uh, mm. and the good coaches are of ability to distinguish, don't they, between how do you motivate certain people, how do you motivate other people, and that's a huge skill to have. In a way, it's connected with this situation. That's why you know I said you know cast the net wide, because and you know talk to people, particularly about their it's people are more than prepared to share. Um, their experiences with you and looking back I think that you don't make progress in a straight line sometimes you don't make any progress at all for a while but then all of a sudden if you if you keep being inquisitive in relation to how you might be able to move on from this you know literally you will have sometimes that eureka moment you think Mm -hmm. actually that makes perfect sense to me and you make a huge run forward even though maybe you weren't expecting it but unless you're actually participating and speaking to people and being inquisitive you, the, the, you you don't want to get stuck at first base and keep looping 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 because that could become quite negative on you
1: yeah and then you're in that vicious circle rather than that virtuous one
0: and it's nothing to do with uh, uh, whether a person's intelligent or not intelligent or a good person or bad person it's none of those things it could be simply that you, you, you're, it's a bit like when you go fishing, isn't it? If you, you go to the right pace, you can, you're there all day and you can catch loads and loads of fish. If you go to the wrong place, you're still out there fishing all day and you don't catch mm-hmm. anything. If your mind is working in the wrong place, you might not, you might not get anything that's going to be helpful. And uh, and that you, again, you, you it could prolong. I mean, at that stage in your life, you're feeling pretty uh, washed up anyway. And, uh, probably you are in some sort of vicious circle, and somehow or another, you the 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 answer is to, to try and reduce and and slow that spiral, uh, and then work. You've got to turn that around and and try and go back towards a, a building process rather than just sort of floundering. Yeah, because yeah. floundering doesn't. It's not. It's not the end of the world. But the, someone told me ages ago. Money comes and goes, but time only goes. And you don't want to waste your time uh, with regard to beating yourself up uh, about things that you there's no way you can change. You, You have to convince yourself that from this moment, notwithstanding anything that's happened, if you can just say to yourself, well, I'm definitely going forward from here. And I'm going to I'm going to try my best to make the most of the time I've got available and to try and create a a virtuous circle for myself. Don't waste any time. Try and reduce as much as you can uh, the amount of time that you you, if you like, you you spend in the sidings, not able to go forward from Mm. from this point. Sometimes that's difficult to do, which is why I'm saying talk to people. Just talk to them, ask them. Ask them about their experiences or any ideas they've got or I'm not saying that uh, most people in my experience engage with that with a lot of goodwill, uh, entirely genuine in relation to, to uh, trying to assist you yeah. to move forward. Because I say the bulk of those people in their own lives have been in something that is probably not dissimilar to what you're going through and, and you're not on your own in the situation um, because it's a human experience and other people have almost certainly had their own version of what you're going through to deal yeah. with maybe a completely different context but it will be something most adult people have got something that's really really got them in their life
1: absolutely which in a way is the purpose of me putting this podcast together and exploring so many different areas of, of loss so not not only Are there different areas of loss? But then there's also different ways in which people have dealt with it. So somebody listening to this podcast might think, oh, well, I'll listen to that episode because that's a similar situation. Or they might look through the episodes and think, "Oh, actually, well, I'll listen to that because it's a completely different situation. But actually, I'm interested in the way that that person dealt with it or what they learned from it so yeah it's all about that sharing of learning through experiences of of our own experiences and of Mm. of other people's experiences
0: my 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 main concern um, in relation to those times I hope to see Richard again one day I've thought about it for many years and I think I've got about a three in ten chance uh, and for a variety of reasons, I don't think it's any higher than that. But I'm buying into that. You know, you, you're a parent, so you know your child's welfare is your, your chief concern, isn't it? If you're a, yeah. a, a parent, that's what parents think about their, their children. You know, if, if my son Richard decides that in relation to his life, for whatever reason, uh, he prefers not to have in contact with me. It's not just that I respect that. If he, if he feels that's the right decision for him then he's got my complete support. I mean, clearly I I would love to uh, see him uh, have a relationship with him again, Uh, but I don't take that for granted. His his day-to-day welfare is much, much more of a concern for me than me having a relationship with him. I see his welfare as, as the prime focus rather than my relationship with him being the prime focus. And to me, whatever he decides to do in relation to that, I'm a supporter, even if that means that we don't meet each other again. That's Mm. how I feel about it. Everything I know about how he was when he was here, it's like he's been put into a washing machine and put on maximum spin. Mm. And I always reflect on, I think to myself, well, whatever he's got to do to stabilise things and have a happy and content life whatever he's decided is the best way for him to achieve that he's got my 100 support and i think most people most parents would would have the same view about their children because fundamentally most parents want want the best for their kids yeah. rather than for themselves don't they that's that's my top my top priority is is his day-to-day welfare and, and that, that will never change it's been, it's been that's 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 never going to change it's never going to be anything other than that and if i see him again i i regard it as a a, a huge bonus
1: some of that may depend on on what then happens in in richard's life that may give him cause to stop and and reflect and and assess but i'm i'm so glad to hear that whatever the outcome is of that that your concern is with his welfare and that you have got acceptance and and peace around the relationship
0: yes um, I think also in these situations if it's a fair accompli and you've you've got no choices when these sort of blow ups happen if you've got no no choices you, you 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 have to navigate through as best you can with what you've got in front of you
1: mm. I think
0: you know if 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 you if you make choices you've got to live with the choices you made, haven't you whereas if you don't have any choices whatever's happened to you you in a way you 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 it's not like you chose something it, it's just that it, it's what that's what happened so you you never have to have in your mind oh what you know should I have done that or should I have done this we that's you never have that discussion with yourself because you didn't have any choices so you just have to do whatever you can say right well this is the situation and
1: this is what I this is what I'm going to do moving mm, forward
0: but also like I said very rarely are relationship breakups 100% 0% Mm. um, very I'm sure there are a few but most of them mine you know if someone said to me what do you, do you, do you what do you think well it, I can tell you one thing it's definitely not a hundred naught I don't yeah. even know what the number is but and who cares what the number is all that's important is you you think about things that maybe you might have done differently and whatever you decide that you commit to making those changes with those around you For the rest of your life, so you, you, it's it's a paradigm shift. You decide that that's what you're going to do, and you you never ever ever forget the lesson. So in the same way as it was such an extreme thing that happened in your life, the lesson learned is also very extreme. I.e., I'm never ever ever going to do that again, and and you you stick with it no matter what.
1: I think lots to be gained from listening to this this conversation actually sort of admire you for your ability to have found that acceptance and to be okay with it with what's happened and I'm sure that you know other people listening will will gain some some insight and perspective perhaps on how to to deal with their own issues that might be sort of similar or or perhaps you know completely different context so thank you so much for coming on this evening I've really enjoyed chatting to you and and listening say to your to your pearls of wisdom and yeah hope that hope you do at some point get to to have a relationship with Richard but if not then to, you know, carry on with the peace and acceptance that you've got. And and I know that, you know, those lessons that you've learned, you'll take forward. What a rich conversation. Gosh, so many great pearls of wisdom coming into it. The acceptance of loss as a human experience about relationships and taking responsibility and, of course, the power of connecting with other people in the healing process. Thank you so much, so much for me to reflect on and I'm sure for my listeners as well. I'd like to take the opportunity to thank everybody who supports me in the production of this podcast, to Jamie Farrell for the beautiful music and, of course, for you, the listener. Please share, subscribe. I really hope that this podcast and other episodes really help you and others around you to make sense of the losses that we experience as part of being human. I'll be back soon with another episode of Lessons from Loss.